Hello and welcome to The Farming Week, the podcast brought to you by AgriLand, where we keep you up to date every week on all the big stories in Irish agriculture. I'm Eva Osborne and I'm also joined by AgriLand senior news journalist Ashling O'Brien as we run through the top stories that AgriLand readers have been discussing this week. We had some sad news this week when we learned of the passing of the founder of Dawn Meats, Peter Queeley, and the former CEO of the Irish Cattle Breeding Federation, or ICBF, Brian Wickham. Our thoughts are with their families and friends at this time. Now, the first piece of news we plan to discuss this week is related to the Department of Agriculture, Food and Marine and the issue of bovine tuberculosis compensation for farmers. I'm joined now by AgriLand's technical beef specialist, Brefney O'Brien, who has more on this. Brefney, what did the department announce about TB compensation rates? So this week, the Department of Agriculture has confirmed that any additional bovine tuberculosis compensation due to farmers will be backdated and issued to them farmers in due course. Um, So this update comes as a number of farmers recently contacted AgriLand expressing their concerns regarding the level of compensation paid to them following an outbreak of TB in their respective herds. So in February of this year, the TB Stakeholders Forum agreed to increase the bovine TB compensation rates paid to farmers whose herds went down with TB. Now, this was due to come into effect from February 1st of this year. So some herds who have gone down with TB since then have have been paid the old rates, the old compensation rates, and I suppose this was the concern in relation to the matter. So the department issued a statement this week to AgriLand saying the TB forum concluded agreement on proposed changes to compensation criteria proposed in the financial working group of the forum. So these changes included changes to income supplement, hardship grant and depopulation grant rates and a transitional animal health law support would affect from February 1st. The department statement also outlined that the changes to these schemes require significant changes to the department's IT systems, which have been ongoing in recent months. The department statement continued by saying, it is hoped that these changes will be finalised soon. In the meantime, the existing rates are still paid, so any additional compensation due to farmers as a result of these changes will be backdated and issued to them farmers in due course. Many farmers will definitely be glad to hear of those compensation rates. Thanks, Brefney. In more news from DAFM, almost 2,500 farmers were contacted in relation to issues arising from satellite farm inspections. Ashlyn, could you tell us more about this? Yes, Eva. So the satellite inspections or the eye in the sky, as some farmers might refer to it. Um, we've previously spoken about this. It's the Area Monitoring System, AMS. And uh, it's just a quick reminder of what exactly it is. AMS, it's mandatory now across all EU member states as part of the new common agricultural policy. And it's to monitor compliance essentially with farm scheme criteria. So this year, the system is being used to monitor a number of schemes, including the Basic Income Support for Sustainability, BIS, of course, which replaced the Basic Payment uh, Scheme, the BPS, as farmers would have known it. So DAFM has confirmed to AgriLand that it notified almost 2,500 herd owners of an AMS notification recently. Now, these notifications related to potential identification of an incorrect crop declared on a land parcel or the potential presence of multiple crops, that's two or more crops within the land parcel where only one had been declared on their scheme application. 
They also related to the presence of an ineligible feature. That would be maybe a house, a farm roadway or farm building, which was not delineated from the parcel or excluded from the parcel in the BIS application. Now, we did get a breakdown of these notification figures by County, Eva, and Cork actually came out with the highest number of notifications at uh, 279, followed by Wexford on 232 and Galway with 215. So if you are one of these almost two and a half thousand farmers who got a notice, what do you do? Well, the main thing is do not ignore it. I suppose any uh, correspondence uh, to do with payments, definitely do not put your head in the sand when it comes to something like this. So farmers or their advisors are being asked to review the land parcels that are highlighted in their notification. This AMS system works on a traffic light system. So if it throws up a red um, finding on one of your land parcels, you do need to have a look at it. And a response has to be submitted to the department on or before October 2nd. That's a very important date, October 2nd. And there is a guide on how to respond to an AMS notification available on the DAFM website if farmers want to try and do that themselves. They can also ask their advisor to to have a look at it. Um, Obviously, a lot of farmers might have used advisors to apply for these schemes in the first instance. And look, we previously reported here on the podcast that around 4,750 odd farmers received notifications from the department back in June arising from satellite farm inspections, and they related to the potential presence of artificial surfaces such as buildings, again, farmyard extensions, roadways on land parcels where they they shouldn't have been. And look, we are being told that there will be more notifications sent to farmers in mid-September arising from this AMS system. But again, Eva, the important thing here is if you do get one of these notifications, make sure that you reply to the department by October 2nd, or you may be facing penalties uh, on your payments. And in a year like this one, every euro counts and you don't want to be facing unnecessary penalties. So definitely it's something to to have a look at if you do get a notification. And if you don't, you're, you're sound. Yes, absolutely, Ashling. Definitely not a notice to ignore. Now, last week we spoke about July milk prices and the latest global dairy trade or GDT trading event. This week we have more dairy matters to discuss. Financial services firm Stone X said this week that a recovery in milk price is unlikely before the end of the year. And this follows news that Fonterra cut its milk price for the second time this month. Ashling, could you tell us more about what Stone X had to say? Yes, Eva. So our colleague in the Agriland newsroom, Charles O'Donnell, recently spoke with Stonex dairy market analyst John Lancaster. So he said that if the commodity prices stabilized in the next month or two, Uh, A lag effect from low commodity prices over the last few months will continue to flow into milk price. And that's not good news for farmers out there, for dairy farmers. So how it works essentially, Eva, is that milk prices follow commodity prices. And we're familiar with the the likes of our global dairy trade auctions and and different things like that. And that's where we'd often see that the commodity prices being discussed. And there's roughly a three-month lag on average between when the commodity prices move 
and when the milk prices move. So as we've been discussing here on the pod in recent months, when it comes to domestic milk prices, the low commodity prices are being caused by a range of factors, but mainly due to the reduced global demand, particularly from China. Now, the Chinese economy, it hasn't bounced back from the COVID-19 pandemic to the same extent maybe as the rest of the world. And that is putting pressure on them domestically uh, in terms of consumption of dairy and particularly um, whole milk powder has been impacted by this. So there is one potential positive on the horizon, though, Eva, not all doom and gloom. Uh, John Lancaster did say that it is expected that there might be a slowing down of milk production in Europe and the US as a result of the the lower prices. Um, And going into next year, he said that we still need uh, the importers of the world, the likes of China, Southeast Asia, the Middle East, North Africa, to come back to the table and buy more product. And there is a general expectation, he's saying, that we will see more demand from those regions next year. But I suppose looking back to this year in terms of any possibility of an improvement in milk price for the remainder of 2023, Lancaster said, look, nothing is impossible. But he said it was difficult to see a significant bounce in milk prices before the end of the year. I hate to be the the bearer of bad news, but uh, that is what the Stonex dairy analyst had to say. And another interesting angle on this story, Eva, that we covered on Agriland this week is that we learned that China is actually on track to substantially boost its own milk production because the latest research from Rabobank is showing that China is set to become the third largest milk producing country in the world. Now, of course, China is uh, the largest dairy importer because of its large population. Um, and it is continuing to to increase uh, its per capita dairy consumption. But government policies domestically there are also driving the country's own milk production growth. And, you know, I mean, that's something that could be a cause for concern in the longer term as well. If their their need for imported goods dips a little bit because they've increased their own domestic uh, supply as well. And look, as you did mention as well, New Zealand's uh, largest dairy company, Fonterra, has reduced its uh, 2023-24 season milk price forecast for the second time this month. Uh, Fonterra said it had to revise down its farm gate milk price from earlier this month uh, because of the GDT prices that continued to fall. So um, not some great news. Look, it's coming on the back of the, the milk prices that we were talking about last week as well. Yeah, and I'm sure that most of this news about milk prices is expected by dairy farmers, but it's still unwelcome all the same. So, Ashling, what are we hearing closer to home about this? Yeah, look, I suppose there had been hope earlier on this year, Eva, that things might improve in the second half of 2023. But that doesn't seem to be playing out now from what we're hearing from John Lancaster and from others. So as you say, closer to home, there has been reaction this week. The Irish Farmers Association's Dairy Committee met to discuss the mounting financial pressures facing dairy farmers. And what they said is the likelihood of cash flow shortfalls on dairy farms due to the sharp drop in milk price. Now, the association has called on banks and financial institutions to step up and support dairy farmers. And the IFA Dairy Committee Chair Stephen Arthur said that farmers out there are really worried because they are facing potentially very large tax bills this autumn. 
and he said they need to be helped because obviously we are coming off the back of record uh, prices last year in 2022. So those tax bills uh, will have to be settled up this year, even that is causing a headache for farmers out there. And Stephen Arthur also called on processors out there to return every single euro they possibly could to dairy farmers through milk checks. And look, Eva, we heard that the situation is particularly challenging when it comes to liquid milk producers. Um, They're particularly exposed to the challenging market at the moment as they're starting off calving their autumn herds. And the IFA's uh, national liquid chair, Keith O'Boyle, said those farmers will need double the premium they're currently getting in order to survive. So look, not a good outlook on the, the dairy front this week, unfortunately. No, definitely not. And thanks for that, Ashling. But moving away from dairy now onto forestry news, the European Commission has approved a 45 million euro Irish scheme to promote sustainable forest management. Could you tell us more about it? Yes, Eva. So this scheme is part of Ireland's new national forestry programme, and it's the latest part of that programme to get the green light from the European Commission. Now, the scheme, as you said, has got a budget of 45 million euro. It's due to run for the lifetime of the new programme. That's up until the end of 2027. What we're being told is that this measure aims to help landowners to use economically, ecologically and socially sustainable forest management and use techniques. And the commission noted that it's hoped that this will promote the growth of forests, it'll protect biodiversity, it'll improve soil and water quality and help forests to adapt to climate change and increase their ability to store carbon. So this scheme is going to be open to companies of all sizes in the forestry sector and the direct grants, uh, we're being told, will cover up to 100% of eligible costs. Now, as we're recording the podcast this week, we are awaiting more clarification from the department on the nuts and bolts of this new scheme. But as I mentioned, Eva, this decision follows the EU Commission's approval of an Irish scheme to support investments in afforestation, which was announced on August 2nd. Now, that scheme is due to open for applications in the coming weeks. It's got increased premiums for planting trees up to €1,142 per hectare, depending on the forest type, as well as extending the premium period from 15 to 20 years for farmers. Look, it's it's great to finally see some movement on this long-awaited forestry program, but you would have to be concerned by the pace of these approvals by the EU Commission, the, the drip feed that we're getting. Uh, we still have a bit to go to get to all of that 1.3 billion euro program and to get it all approved. But it has to be acknowledged that some progress is finally being made. And I suppose, especially given another story that we had on AgriLand this week, about a report from the Environmental Protection Agency. Now, that EPA report states that between 13,000 hectares and 40,000 hectares of forestry is needed per year between 2025 and 2050 to offset carbon dioxide and nitrous oxide emissions from agriculture. And it it wouldn't take methane emissions into account, but that's what they're saying between 13,000 and 40,000 hectares. So according to the EPA, the policy of carbon neutrality is in doubt without action in the short to medium term to increase the planting rates out there. And look, we all know, Eva, that there is an issue out there with planting trees Uh, The current afforestation rates are running at around 2,000 hectares a year. That's well below what the government uh, is earmarking. They're looking to achieve about 8,000 hectares uh, of new plantation annually. 
Um, look, the government is hoping that the forestry program is going to be the shot in the arm that this sector needs, especially where farmer confidence is concerned. And we're going to have to wait and see if that is the case. And look, speaking of that program, Eva, another uh, interesting forestry story briefly to mention is that the department is actually inviting tenders at the moment for a €9 million contract for ecology services as part of the new national forestry program. And you can read more about that on Agriland. Uh, An interesting tender, no doubt. We're going to discuss now some farming competitions and their winners from this week. The first being the 2023 FBD Young Farmer of the Year, who was named earlier this week at the Radisson Blue Hotel in County Sligo. Who took that prestigious title home this year? Well, Eva, the overall award, it's heading to the northwest this year as Dwayne Shields, a pedigree sheep farmer from Letterkenny in County Donegal, was named the 2023 FBD Young Farmer of the Year. And in addition to farming, Dwayne is also uh, a lecturer in agricultural sciences at Atlantic Technological University, of course, ATU in County Donegal. Now, the overall winner was selected from a shortlist of six finalists at this event in Sligo uh, this week, which actually marked the 25th anniversary of the awards, which recognize and reward uh, the top young farmers in the country. And it's keenly contested. And even when we published the, the list of the six finalists, you could see that there was huge interest around the country who had made the final and who was going to come out on top. So other winners on the night included Patrick Egan from County Mayo. He was the runner-up in the competition and the winner of the dry stock category. Stephen O'Keefe from Limerick was the best new entrant. Philip Tallon from Meath won the other enterprises category. Sean Kelly from Tipperary won the dairy category. And Connor Doran, who hails from Wexford, claimed the Biodiversity Young Farmer of the Year Award. Now, the entrants there judged according to a range of criteria, farm business innovation, Uh, the levels of farm efficiency, enterprise quality, farm safety, environmental protection awareness. So there there is a a lot that these farmers, um, you know, have to um, impress the judges with to win these awards and to become finalists. And uh, as I said, very keenly contested. And after he was named the overall winner, Dwayne Shields spoke with our very own Brefney O'Brien, who attended the awards night. Have a listen. Pedigree sheep farm in Dwayne. What part of Donegal is it in? Uh, just outside Letterkenny, or Melton, so we're uh, town or Melton. And what kind, what's, what kind of sheep do you have? Uh, uh, we have nine different breeds there. Mainly Texas, uh, Texas, Suffolk, Charlie, Dutch Spotted, Belle Clares, Milfords, yeah. everything there, yeah. but everything. And so. what do, how did the field have won the, won the award? Jeez, it hasn't sunk in yet. I wasn't expecting yeah. it at all, Brefney. Yeah. Uh, I suppose <laughs> kind of yeah. shocked, shocked more than anything. Yeah. Congratulations to Dwayne and all the other winners. We're now joined by Agriland's technical dairy specialist, Brian McDonald, to discuss the other title awarded this week, this time at Virginia Show. That is the Bailey's Cow Competition Champion. Brian, could you tell us more about the Bailey's Champion Cow? The, yeah, the Bailey's Cow Competition took place yesterday at the Virginia Show. Um, an exceptional field of cows there was an offer. Um, really kind of came down to four cows in the end and between them it was kind of as the judge said in the day it was personal choice and he went with um Lumville um the noise exhibited by Clive and jo- Jolene Richardson from uh, County Armagh um so it was an interesting story about this cow it was actually it was it was a bread and mead by the former IHVA president uh, Richard Whelan and was sold in 2017 as a 7-month old calf during his dispersal sale for uh, 3400 guineas She's also a granddaughter of a former champion in 2008, 
uh, Lumville the Nice too. Um, yeah, so like a real cow with a real show pedigree at the Bailey's Cow and uh, showed her form again yesterday. I suppose it also like it's important to note like this is a show cow who's just won um, a big prize or prestigious prize, but she's also in her third lactation. She produced 13,759 kilos of milk and 1,157 kilos of milk solids in a 305-day lactation. So a serious performing cow. I suppose then, I suppose, note has to go to the reserve. Uh, Balmore Pepper um, was the reserve and Hill Terror on the night. Apple was the honorary mention as well. Again, exceptional field of cows and a really exceptional day at Virginia Showgrounds. And it was a uh, credit to everyone involved and all the people who were showing stock on the day. Thanks for that, Brian. And that's all for this week's episode of The Farming Week. Don't forget to rate, review and follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love if you could give us five stars. And remember to visit agriland.ie or click on the app regularly for the latest on Irish agriculture. Until next time, from myself and Ashling, goodbye and take care. <laughs>